welcome to our podcast today on Small Business Horsepower. The Small Business Horsepower podcast hosted by Podbean. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Pandora, and a host of other places. And today, we are so pleased for our audience to have Amy Scruggs on the program. I think you're going to enjoy what Amy is all about. I mean, my head was spinning. I mean, she's a singer. She's a coach. She understands digital technology to help small businesses. She's an author. But I'm going to let her tell you all about it and introduce her background. Amy, welcome to the podcast today on Small Business Horsepower. So thankful to be here. I know we're going to have a good time. (laughs) Thank you for the lovely introduction. Oh, great. We're going to have a good time. Amy, uh, having said that, give us your background here a little bit to start. Well, the cliff note version, so that we don't put people to sleep, it is a little much when when you say it that way, but 20 years uh, starting in the professional, in the real estate and mortgage communities, in mortgage, mostly in wholesale sales, where I was able to go out and have um, wholesale accounts and wholesale uh, brokers and selling lending for some of the major banks in Southern California in the early 2000s. And we all know what happened in 2007 when the industry took its own little turn there. And like anything else in life, we have to shift. And my career being in mortgage and in sales and having that disappear. But I'd also been performing my entire life and was in cover bands and had started my first album in Nashville in 2004 while I was full-time in sales. So I decided decided to take those sales skills and to take that background and shift and put it into really pursuing my music career full-time. And went out and asked for the business, ran it as a business. And within the first six months, I was able to have my first national stage opening for Clint Black. And I went on to, over the next years, open for some of the biggest names in country music. I was able to, um, you know, be a part of radio and television interviews and spent three years of it as the spokesperson for the American Veterans of California, touring all over the state and doing appearances and being a part of the veteran community with the AMVETS and also with the Army, with the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program. I then shifted back into combining my careers in 2011 when the real estate and mortgage industry picked back up, made the move to San Diego and went back into business development on the mortgage end, where I still am to this day as a media personality now for a large company and then hosted TV for real estate entrepreneurs and professionals starting about five years ago. So you take the experience and it seems like a lot, but what it did is it it led a path going from understanding sales and being a business professional to going out there and putting the same skills into my music and being successful with that. And then coming back into the industry, launching into television, media, and understanding that language, again, mostly working with professionals and um, have the book out now, Media Coaching for Professionals. It's called Lights, Camera, Action. And I also just re- least another major music project from Nashville just in the last few weeks. So there is the background and where we are today in a nutshell. That's what a background. By the way, by the way, I went on Spotify and I heard her single that was released on Spotify uh, and other outlets. It was amazing. But anyway, uh, Amy, I'm listening to this and I was listening to another podcast that you did. And in that podcast, it was kind of interesting where you said, People look at themselves and go like, 
how do I look? Are people watching me? How do I sound? And so on. And, and when you look at yourself and you feel like you're not exactly sounding right and all, it's probably true. Can you expand on that a little bit for our audience? There? It is absolutely so true. I would say that that is the most common thing that I heard from professionals, whether it's you know uh, doing a live stream virtually or whether it's in the studio when I would have them on the TV show. And the first thing is, oh, I don't want to hear how I sound. Oh, I don't want to. Is that how I look. And it's interesting when I'm talking to professionals about really getting more confident in front of the camera, even if it's just their cell phone, that seems to be the number one thing that people don't want to face is how they look and sound. And the answer is, is this how you look? And is this how you sound? The answer is yes, it is. And it's time to get comfortable with it. It's the same Face, the same voice that you take with you everywhere you go. It's you in your meetings. It's you with your family. It's you at the grocery store addressing the clerk. It's all you. And there's a there's a science to kind of getting comfortable with that and becoming familiar and then being able to really present your best self on camera. But that is the number one common thing is really that self-awareness and recognition. Yeah. And you also talked about the passion. I mean, I guess the passion of how you talk and how you carry yourself in this, especially on media. I mean, that comes out, doesn't it? It comes out very quickly, whether you have it or not. Oh, complete. You know, we've all seen those that kind of go into a deer in a headlight when the camera comes on. I had an interview one time, this was a couple of years back, and there were these two lively gentlemen that I was going to be interviewing for the TV show, and they were actually patched in satellite, and so they weren't in front of me. But they were very lively. I was watching them as they were preparing, and I wasn't patched through yet. So they couldn't see where I was um, and that I was actually watching them. And they were having wonderful banter with each other. They were excited about the interview and promoting their business. They were both wonderful professionals. And here they were energetic and excited. And then the producer came into my ear and said, okay, Amy, are you ready to be patched through to them? And the minute they saw me, the host come on and they knew that they were on camera, they froze. And the rest of the interview was pulling teeth to get their business and their personality out of them. And so no one else got to see what I got to see when they weren't necessarily on camera. And there's a disconnect that sometimes takes place. And I remember I was joking about it because they were telling each other, wow, you're looking really sexy today. And the other guy says, yeah, you're looking sexy today too. And my question is, when the camera came on, where did sexy go? Where did sexy go? Because they were, they were there, they were alive. The camera comes on and I see so many wonderful people with incredible personalities that even in their, in their social media marketing, they turn that camera on and something happens and there's a disconnect and they don't know how to keep that personality in forward motion in front of the camera. Yeah. And something else you were saying that I've never really thought about before, but I'm starting to think about it now. I don't remember the exact context, but you'll help clarify. Hopefully you were talking about how you are perceived, how you look or something with a resting face. In other words, like, can you explain that? Cause that was kind of very interesting, very interesting. You know, so a lot of people have heard the term, the resting face. And a lot of people put that B in front of it, you know, it's, it's a kind of a funny cultural term, but there's so much truth to it. There really is a resting face. And to put it in different terms, it's what does your face look like when you are in active listening or when you're in your own thought and inside your head? A lot of people are unaware what their face is saying. Have you ever had a loved one say to you, why are you mad at me? Or what are you upset about? And you're, I'm not upset about anything. Well, your face looks like you were. You might be deep in thought about something. And a lot of times when people are in active listening or an active thought, we tend to go to what our face naturally wants to do that we do most of the time, whether it's while you're sitting at your desk or just watching TV, does your face drop? Do you keep in a, in a resting face that's kind of a scowl? Do your brows for, you know, furl in? Understanding what your face does 
when you're not in expression, when you're not in reaction is really important because that's what's coming across on camera. We all sit in these virtual meetings today. Have you ever sat into a Zoom and looked at all the other tiles and all the other faces? What you're seeing is their resting faces. And sometimes it's a little concerning. You think, gosh, that person must be really having a bad day. And maybe they're not. But the person that's lit up and engaged and knows what their face is doing, I can be angry and you would never know it on my face because I know how to hold my resting face to keep in in an engaged frame. And it's a fun exercise for people to really become self-aware of what their face is saying because those nonverbals and those messages, especially with today's virtual world, especially being in virtual meetings, it is so important because you don't have the rest of the energy to come through. It's all in that face and that little square that we have on a computer screen. And for me, it's not only at work, but it's at home. I got 15-year-old twins, one boy and one girl. As soon as my girl sees me she says dad why are you mad at me i'm like i'm not mad at you dad i see it on your face <laughs> and that's you you're unaware of what your face and your body language is doing and that's so normal and it is common with men men generally have that where the women are like why are you upset with me why are you mad at me and you're like i'm not but if you really mastered your resting face what it's saying your daughter would never have to ask that again and you could really kind of take control of that narrative well talk a little bit on that let's build on that a little with what kind of confidence if you're a small business you have to have in a zoom meeting because it it used to be that your meeting, let's say with clients, as I build my business, it was always face to face that you would want to get in front of a customer. Now, today, I still in my heart believe that the best way to sell is to get face to face with the customer. Maybe the best way to do this kind of podcast, because you're in the San Diego area, I'm in the San Diego area, is to meet at a restaurant in a booth and set up these two microphones, better sound quality. But today, the reality of what we live in with every single variant, unfortunately, and COVID and all this other stuff is we have to realize that it is going to be a online Zoom podcast as well as our sales meetings and our customer and our vendor meetings are going to be online. And so that confidence on what you portray on Zoom matters, correct? Such an incredible topic to delve into here because yes, you hit it head on. We used to really make a lot of face-to-face meetings and we we grew our businesses and, and especially in sales. I was out in sales in Southern California and it was all face-to-face. I drove from one office to the next and built those relationships. Today's world is completely different and I don't see it changing. And I have seen professionals missing opportunity. I've watched for firsthand great people miss opportunity because they are not conducting themselves in these virtual meetings the same way they would in person. And, you know, when we would do an in-person meeting, you get out of the car, you fix your shirt, you stand up straight, you walk in the office, you're deep breathing, you're ready to shake the hand, you look them in the eye. We're now noticing on virtual meetings that people are getting up and bending over in front of the camera screen. I went to a professional eating a sandwich off his belly. The computers are down and we're looking up their nostrils onto the ceiling. And we're just seeing a different behavior that you would never do in an in-person meeting. If we can have a mindset where when we sit down in a virtual meeting of any length, it's the same as walking into an office, sitting down at that conference table, and you want to present yourself the same way, bring in the same energy 
the same engagement as if you were sitting at a table. If we were around a boardroom table and there were, let's say, 10 professionals, you probably wouldn't sit slouched over or rocking back and forth in your chair or rolling your eyes or checking your phone necessarily if this is something important that you want to be a part of. But unfortunately, we're seeing those behaviors happen in the virtual meetings. And what it's doing is that leaders of those meetings or key people, they're seeing that. And the more you can say, I can sit still, we all, we can do it. We can sit still and we can face and focus on that camera and look people in the eyes, even virtually and show a positive resting face, a good active listening face, your body language. You're there as every bit as you're there. And, and it can make all the difference. I've watched the shift happen when I work with, let's say a team of people. And we start off and everybody in their different Zoom screen is kind of sitting differently or facing differently or a window behind them. And it's just kind of a little bit chaotic. And within 10 minutes of taking the time to frame everyone, move your camera so that it's in the right, you got a right background behind you. Don't sit in front of a window so you're washed out. Put your chair in the position so you're sitting framed in the middle. Look right into the camera, sit up straight. All of a sudden, you've got a group of people that look polished and engaged like you're all together in the same room. We can recreate that. You're never going to feel the energy the same when you are face-to-face with someone or able to shake their hand. But there are ways that you can, with very simple things, recreate it to the best of your ability. I have had tremendous growth in my business and my visibility in the last year and a half, and it's all been virtual, but it's recreating that visibility that I'm right here with you. You can feel me, you can feel my energy, and it's no different and we're in the same room. And I've been thankful for opportunities that have opened up that I believe that holds a good component to it. And I'll tell you, the other thing I heard you say was that the cell phone now has become key in this media marketing element. I mean, you know, we were all on the computer and our laptop, and now uh, small business people have to be very adaptive and get that cell phone involved. Can you talk a little bit about that and that challenge? Yes, really adapting to your phone. And and everybody, you're going to laugh here, the listeners, but the number one piece of advice that I teach anyone in front of me, and I say it every day, probably a hundred times, is clean the lens. Clean the lens front and back. We touch our phones. They're everywhere. They're in your pockets. You leave them sitting out and you pick up and you go to go on a video or take a photo and it's blurry and it's, it's just it's not right. Well, it's your fingerprints. Clean the lens. The same with your computer camera. And a lot of times we don't touch those, but the phone is so important. You have a clean lens. Just swipe it on your shirt real quick if that's all you've got. And then frame yourself. Getting comfortable with putting yourself on camera, there's something very powerful about sending a personal message that's a video, not necessarily just a text. We are all, we've been texting for a while now and it's it's how we live. It's what we do. It's more common than anything else. Nobody leaves voicemails, you send a text. I love the combination, especially if you're in sales, of sending a video message. I do it to personal friends and to clients. Here's a quick video message, getting comfortable, saying what you need to say because then they hear your inflection. They can hear if you're excited, if you're angry, whatever your intention is a lot of times in that text, you don't always know what it is the person's trying to say. If you can start getting comfortable with that cell phone and that camera in your hand, we can reenact a little bit more of that personal connection that we had when we were face-to-face with everyone, even through sending video messages. And your marketing, if you want to really market anything out there, pick up that camera, use it. Send it privately to someone, post it on your social media. It's really, Instagram even is changing now their algorithms this year to only be trending with videos and pushing out videos instead of photos like we were so used to. The world has changed and being comfortable on video is not going to go anywhere. It's only going to keep becoming more and more our everyday. And it's time for everybody to kind of level up in that. 
That's very interesting. I really didn't think of that because I'm mostly a, either I leave a voicemail or I send a text message, but I never make a video message and send it. But I guess that could be a very effective tool listening to you, huh? It's very effective. For those that are brave to give it a try, I highly recommend it. Here's another thing that I teach, and this is a bit of advice that I love to give to everyone. One of the other common things that I notice with all professionals, when it comes time to picking up that camera to, let's say, record a quick post for social media or send someone a video, you tend to overdo it where you're about 10 takes into it now and you're just frustrated. <laughs> you go, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I did five takes and I didn't like any of them. In order to start getting comfortable with making it a quick process and not cumbersome, my advice is take two and toss one. Do two takes of anything you're trying to do. Two takes very quickly. Look at them both. You have to pick one, delete the other, post or send the one. The more you get in the habit of that, the more you're going to get, number one, used to seeing yourself on camera and being happy with what you're seeing and how you're sounding. And number two, you're making a quicker decision. If people think it's going to take them 10 takes to record a quick video to send a happy birthday message to somebody or to post something on social media, then they're less likely to do it because we all don't have enough time in the day. But if we can break it down and make it something so fast and so simple and make it as quick as simply typing an email or sending a text or leaving a voicemail, then people are more likely to try to do it on a continued basis. And the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. And you're also going to learn your resting face at the same time. So it's a win-win. Yeah. And the other thing that I heard you talk about is, and this might be in life too, right? We just try to sometimes do too much at one time. Even if it's on video, we try to put the old enchilada in there, but maybe sometimes you take a little nugget of something that you're trying to accomplish and put that on there. Explain that concept for our audience. And by the way, before you explain it, hold on one second, Amy. I want to reintroduce, you're listening to Amy Scrubs today on Small Business Horsepower. We're so happy to have her. Amy, yeah, let's go with that concept there, going with the nugget rather than maybe the whole enchilada. I am so glad you brought that up because that is a powerful trick that can really transform how you see taking on some of these techniques. You have to look at it. Let's pick, like, I love that you said enchilada because I always describe like a dinner plate. People get ready to send a post or market something or go onto social media and they want to describe the entire meal. And as viewers and as busy people, we usually don't have the time. We're not going to watch an entire meal. But boy, let's just talk about a bite. If you're looking at a marketing plan and going, how can I come up with 10 different things next week to talk about or to do a post? Well, maybe don't talk about all 10 things in the first post. Break it up into the bite. Just like you said, you don't need to do the whole enchilada. Sending a message to someone can just be, hey, I was thinking about you today. Wanted to say hi or happy birthday. Or, you know, I just saw your, your kid won an award on social media. Congratulations. And just leave it at that. That's it. Something simple. If you're out and about in the town and you're at your favorite coffee shop and this is the barista you see all the time and they work hard, turn on the camera and just say, I want to give a shout out to this amazing worker here who brightens my day every day. If you're in this area, tell them I sent you. Have a great day. You're, you're becoming a digital mayor of your community. If you can think about doing some of these marketing tricks in bite-sized pieces and, and start really in, involving other people and making it just so personal. And um, yeah, instead of trying to, to go on and think you have to take 20 minutes to do it. You could really post something great in 30 seconds and now you're going on with your day and you've left a great fingerprint. One thing changing topics a little bit is with all the things you do, recording, real estate, digital marketing, writing a book, 
Just talk a little bit about the challenge, but the, uh, what I don't know the right word, maybe the ability, I guess, to manage all these projects at one time, I guess, for a small business community, that's so important to be able to manage that. It's true. I think the time management is a great word to put with that. It is definitely time management. I look at things in in as the, the short term of, you know, the, the hourly tasks, daily tasks, what does the week need to look like? What is the year going to look like? And what am I looking at next year? And each day I kind of look at that flow chart, like I'm, you know, looking at something to plan a sporting event. There are times, but last year, I definitely was working on the business. I wrote a book, had to get it through publishing. It went to stores. I'm, I'm really grateful. It got bestseller with Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And at the same time, recorded an album. There's a lot of steps, a lot of behind the scenes that go to releasing a book and an album and also maintaining my clients. And so looking each day, what which one have the top priority? I do the, the easiest, smallest tasks I do first, leaving the larger tasks for those one and two hour chunks that they need to have. And then it really does help me accomplish my day. I have five notebooks spread across my desk, one for each subject. And now this year I get to work in the business, which is exciting. I'm, I'm on this wonderful podcast with you today, talking about how to help professionals and speaking about the projects, which is, I'm just thrilled and honored to be able to do so. So it's fun now that I really get to continue working in the business, but believe me, I'm already thinking of 2023 and what things I will build that year and so on, and just kind of look at it as this big fun project that of course, always takes twists and turns, never fully goes to plan, has amazing surprises on along the way that I didn't see coming. And if I stay diligent to the number one rule of business is to stay in business every day. So if the tasks I'm doing today keep me in business, while I'm also excited about the long-term and handling the short-term, then I keep staying in business and the next day has surprises of its own. Yeah. And on another show, you were talking about the cherry on top, right? Which is really motivation. I mean, the passion and motivation, those two words kept coming out. And I think that helps you guide all through five of them, correct? We got to love what we do, even while we're doing it. And even if it's a task, like there are some tasks that I would much rather rip out my molars than do some of the admin or some of the tasks that I do working in the business. But the overall of loving what I do makes those tasks tangible and doable. And when I'm interviewing professionals on the other side and, and on the TV show, and they would get nervous, you know, what do I say? And I don't know. I said, but this is your business. You've spent your life building this. You're passionate about it. Just give me that. Give me that. And I'll pull the rest out of you. It's okay. Remembering why we're in this, what we're doing, which parts of it do we love and let those parts carry for the parts that are grueling and difficult. Because believe me, any small business owner, any entrepreneur knows that it is 90% grueling and 10% fun, <laughs> I think most of the time. But we make that 10% so large that it overshadows everything else and it makes it worth it. Well, and I think the other big thing about you is how you're able to combine your singing career and performance career and business background and kind of mold those together to make a podcast career, a television career, a media career. So I guess that's very important for, I would think, for a small business is to be able to understand what tools, if you will, are in your tool chest because you have you come from so many angles and you can turn it into something, correct? That is correct. Because I don't see them as all different. I see them always flowing and intertwining with each other. Because at the end of the day, they're all me. They're all results of life experiences. They're results of a lot of failures. They're results of passion and excitement and goals and childhood dreams. They're Each one of these things are results of tangible things from before. And so they're all just me. So I see them all flowing into each other and they all do feed each other. And the day something stops fitting, then it goes. And that's fine. I have no problem with that because it's part of an, an 
ever flowing like a body of water that's moving. It's never stagnant. And so it's fun for me to see, oh yes, I do. And I can go and do a speaking event and talk about my book. And then if they have a piano there or I bring a musician, I can give them a quick performance and showcase some music at the same time. And why not? It's fun. Why not? And I can be in my music career and have people go, wait a minute, but you also are a coach and done TV. Yes. As a matter of fact, I have, which hopefully builds me more confidence as a performer, as an artist. So they really do complement each other. And, and I'm also a, a wife and a mother of six kids, five are grown, one last one graduating high school this year. So everything intertwines and encompasses who I am. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I don't know how you do that. I've got twins, 15, one boy and one girl. And uh, when I think of how much it takes to get those through to now high school, I don't know how you do four more, but uh, I, that's you know how to juggle it. There's no question. Hey, Amy, uh, I've been asking the questions, but for our audience, is there something I didn't cover, but you'd really want our small business audience, like one thing that, that resonates in your mind that you'd want our audience to know today on small small business horsepower. Yes, I actually want to ask you a question because, you know, you've had amazing guests on, on here already before me. What is your passion to want to put this word out there and to want to help professionals and help bring messages of other people and their success stories? As I told you in our we just had a short pre-call yesterday. I mean, this show isn't about me today. It's about you. But as far as my background, I started a company in my parents' basement with $5,000. And over 21 years, I took it to $8 million in sales. And I've sold encyclopedias on the side. I've delivered food on the side. I've done everything to keep this dream for me alive and build it. And that's why when I sold it, uh, this company, and I was still working there here up until today, really, for a period of time, that's when I came up with the idea to start this small business horsepower, because I really love that term, small business horsepower, taking something from your basement and just grinding at it until you get it to where you want to go. And that's why I do this podcast. Well, we, all of us who are listeners and have the pleasure of being here with you like this, um, thank you very much for putting this together and wanting to be a voice to encourage professionals. It's really great to be with you and be a part of this. That's great. And in the time we have left here, which isn't long, tell us about your new book. Oh, thank you. Lights, Camera, Action, Media Coaching for Professionals. It's an easy read. It's some of these uh, tips and tricks that I was just sharing with you. It's telling stories of experiences with other professionals in the studio where I've seen they can grow. A lot of testimonies in there from clients that I've worked with over the years. And really walking through that journey of going from I never want to pick up the camera. I won't do it versus, okay, I'm already really comfortable with that, but now I want to be on national TV. I kind of walk the different levels and different steps through so that it's really reaching a broad audience of any professionals that say, okay, it's time for me to pick up the camera, whether it's in a small scale or whether I'm ready to go large scale and do national media. So and international media and helping podcasters and interviewers. So it really touches a lot of that. And it was fun to put together because for me, it was just a journey of what I've learned by being in it and doing it all these years and to put pen to paper. It was a perfect time uh, right when the pandemic started. It said, I think I think it's time to put pen to paper on this. And thankfully it was a success and it's it's out there now. You can find it where, wherever books are sold and online. You can just um, uh, find Lights, Camera, Action, Media Coaching for Professionals. Tell us about this podcast you have. I'm here seeing them looking at it. Amy Scrubs in the spotlight. I tell you, I was going to get a haircut 
uh, about, not that I have much hair left, but I was going to get a haircut about, I don't know, it was like five, six years ago here in Southern California. And I'm sitting there, right? And I'm looking and you know how you recognize someone, but you don't know exactly who they are, but you've seen them somewhere before. And I looked and I looked and I said, you know who that is? That's John Robinson, coach of USC and, and you know, John Madden's best friend. So anyway, why would I mention that? Because I'm looking at this right here. It says Amy Scrubs in the spotlight. And one of the guests says seven minutes. I'm not sure, but it says NFL coach John. Seven minute interview, NFL coach John Robinson. So he came on your program for seven minutes. I had a seven minute interview with John and he also contributed to the book. So he shared his insights um, from the perspective of a coach and contributed to the book as well. He's an incredible, incredible legend. And the lives he has touched and the coaching and what he has done over decades is just amazing. And I'm very thankful to call him a friend and that I was able to have him in the studio. So the In, in the Spotlight with Amy Scruggs is a culmination of different, some longer interviews interviews that I've, that I've done and maybe done virtually, but also some of my favorite interviews from being in the TV studio and getting a chance to have them on the different shows that I've done over the past five years. So that was one of them. And, um, and it's a kind of a, a library a little bit. So I put stuff up there sporadically. It's not a weekly show that I host, but I really do love to highlight key people and make it something fun to go to that, of interviews that I'm proud of and, and people that I think are exceptional. And then I went on Spotify and I listened to this, what if it all goes right single. I like that. I listened to it twice a very interesting song there uh is that part of a bigger album or is just a single or give me some background on that i just recorded the ep in nashville this uh this last spring with legendary producer fred mullen i mean he is just he's worked with some of the most amazing people plus a ton of film and tv experience and was with disney for for several years as part of their running doing their music and he's just incredible so we did a five song ep with him this song what if it all goes right is the first single release off of that EP. The second single will actually be releasing upcoming here on February 11th on all streaming platforms. We'll be releasing each song every six weeks up until June when the rest of the EP drops. And so it's really fun. I get to do five single releases on a full EP and um, you can find it all at Amy Scruggs Music. You can find it on the streaming platforms and um, follow in any of your favorite streaming platforms and the music is there. But what if it all goes right was really special because especially being a business professional, it's hard to not have anxiety and stress. And if people are living on just commission, like, ah, oh, what's going to happen and having that mindset of, but wait, what if it goes right? What if what I work on works? And we, and it's just was such an incredible song when it was, when it was presented to me, I said that we have to do this one and it's fun. It's up-tempo. You can hear Fred's magic, his production magic on it. I mean, it's just, it couldn't be any more top class with world-class musicians and real excited. It's doing well right now on um, getting into some charts on global radio and um, we're going to see where it goes. Amy, it was such a pleasure to have you today on Small Business Horsepower. I really want to thank you for coming on the program, but it looks like we ran out of time for today's episode, but we'd love to have you back in the future. And again, thanks for coming on the program today. Thank you so much. It was fantastic to be here. Thank you very much. 